listening to the Loving BDSM Podcast, episode 222. Kayla Lord's here with the one, the only, the guy with a slightly swollen eye, John Brownstone. Yeah. You look kind of pitiful. Yeah. Kind of glad this is a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all will just have to imagine his pitiful swollen eye. Yeah. We'll probably talk about that in the bonus section. This week, uh, we're talking about how my, hi, Kayla Lord's, uh, mental illness makes me feel as a submissive, and also how it makes John Rothstone feel as a dominant. Fun times. Welcome to the Loving BDSM podcast. If this is your first time listening, glad to have you. If you're back for another week, welcome back. Loving BDSM is produced every Friday for your kinky pleasure and education, and show notes are found at lovingbdsm.net. Come back often and feel free to add the podcast to your favorite podcast app. If you love what you hear, we'd love a good review wherever you listen to us to help other kinksters find us. You can follow the show on Twitter at LovingBDSM, on FetLife at LovingBDSMPC, on Instagram at that handle I will forever fucking hate, LovingDS and the number one, LovingDS1, or on YouTube at YouTube.com slash LovingBDSM, where you can actually watch us live stream the podcast every Wednesday. Big shout out as always to our kinky patrons on Patreon, including our newest peeps. We see you, we love you, we appreciate all of your support. If you would like access to just more of us behind the scenes, extra podcast, extra live stream, extra, 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 you can join us on Patreon at patreon.com slash Kayla Lords and join for as little as $2 a month. That's patreon.com slash Kayla Lords or use the link in the show notes. Okay, so before we get into today's topic, I want to thank this week's sponsor, Elegantly Owned. Teishu is in the, or was in the um, live stream chat on YouTube. Uh, Elegantly Owned is a collar and lock and necklace and bracelet and oh my company. And I am currently wearing one yeah. of the day collars and have been since last week. And mm-hmm. we really have to film that review soon because I, I'm starting to develop thoughts, which is why I'm wearing this for so long because I want to like really develop my thoughts. Okay. Um, Elegantly Owned is on Etsy. If you go to Etsy and just search Elegantly Owned, all one word, they'll come up and you can search through and see what uh, has been, what is made. Custom orders are available. So if you see a style, but you don't see a color, you reach out and go, hey, I like this. Can you do it in this color? Um, also the sizes can be adjusted to fit you. Um, this is, I believe the 20 is 21 inches, which I like longer collars. I like them to fit like necklaces. I don't like anything too close to my neck. Um, that induces panic. It's not fun. Um, (laughs) and, uh, there is a coupon code loving BDSM 15, I believe. Let me go actually look at my notes. Yes. Loving BDSM 15. (laughs) You'll save 15% off your order now until August 1st. And if you're like, mm, I'm not ready to make a purchase, well, then you should follow Elegantly Owned on the uh, on social media so you can like get to mm-hmm. know them and see what they're posting. And you can always, when you don't have cash to spend, an easy way to support any creator is to share their stuff on social media. They are Elegantly Owned, all one word, on both Twitter and Instagram, which then reminds me I need to go check and make sure I'm actually following them because I would like to see what mm-hmm. Tayshu is making. <laughs> I follow them. Of course you do because you're better you're a better human being than i am we established that years ago okay we established that years ago but i feel like once we get into this week's topic maybe i'll i'll get a little bit of leeway from 
you <laughs> and anybody else mm. who wants to feel kind of harsh about what I do and don't do. Um, this is kind of a self-indulgent topic. I do not anticipate, let me back up. I just abruptly ended poor, poor sponsorship spot because I suck. This is, this is how my head is working. Elegantly owned, all one word search on Etsy or use the link in the show notes. Follow them on social, Twitter, Instagram, elegantly owned, all one word. Use coupon code loving BDSM 15 to save 15% off now through the whole month of July. And thank you to Elegantly Owned for sponsoring yes. the episode this week. We appreciate it. Okay, now let me collect my thoughts. This... See, professionals would edit that shit out for the podcast. We are not professionals. Um, <laughs> uh, this week's topic to me does not feel like there's going to be tips, tricks, how to's, go apply this to your life. It is sort of a self-indulgent story time. But the reason I share it is one, this is my community, hopefully as much as you consider it your community. And I, I need just as much as anybody else, I need a space to be able to go, hey, here's this thing on my mind. But also I want to, if anybody has similar experiences or feelings or just finds that they kind of go through their own thing based on their own mental health and mental illnesses. Um, I kind of want to validate that for you. So I'm not, somebody's going to slide into DMS after this uh, episode and tell me their very specific diagnosis and want me to uh, explain to them what to do or how to handle it. And here's what I'm telling you right now. We are not medical, psychological or psychiatric professionals. We are not therapists. We are not qualified. The only thing I can ever do is tell you about my personal experience and what I've hopefully learned from it, gleaned from it, mm -hmm. how I move through life with it and hope that there are some correlations that can be made. So we have talked about mental health a few times in the past. We actually talk about it in some form or fashion in nearly every episode because it is just a, how I have to navigate the world and how you navigate us being together right. and so we don't i don't hide it i don't i say i'm i have anxiety um specifically to my diagnoses um generalized anxiety social anxiety um mild ocd um very mild it, it's not debilitating in the way that it can be for some people but ooh, do do i recognize obsessive thoughts when they intrude yes yes i do <laughs> um and also bipolar disorder bipolar disorder if you're not familiar with it represents sort of two swings between um a manic episode which is sort of the high which can be um sometimes it comes out as high excitement high energy um and other times it's just a very uh, for me, I'm very focused. I don't sleep very well because my mind literally will not shut off because there are things that I need to be doing and I have ideas. I, when I'm in a manic eye, that is my most creative, productive mm -hmm. time. Yes. Problem is, is what goes up must come down. And so the other side of bipolar disorder is a depressive low. The way I experience that is mild depression, um, apathy, lethargy, uh, every movement feels like I'm moving through concrete, like every thought, every action, every, everything is just hard. It feels impossible. And if I get something done, it is an ex through a supreme act of will 
that I got it done and then I'm exhausted because it took every ounce of energy I had to do that one thing. And that one thing can be go take a shower. That one thing can be go make a cup of coffee. That one thing can be have a conversation. Um, so the, the thing to understand that I have learned over time is that even within similar diagnoses, uh, we all have a unique experience with it. So the way I describe my mental illnesses and the way I experience them may not um, relate to somebody else who has the exact same diagnosis. They may experience it differently, okay? So I feel very self-indulgent to take on a topic where I can't, don't feel like I can relate it to a broader public. But all the other thing I want maybe to come from this is that um, if you are the partner of somebody who has some mental illness that they have to, to deal with on a daily or cyclical basis, that maybe you can kind of understand maybe some of what they might be going through and not just on the, this is what anxiety feels like, this is what depression feels like, this is what this feels like, not just that, but in the context directly as a power exchange. So... Um, I'm the submissive around here. John Brownstone's mm -hmm. the dominant. We do not switch back and forth. We're very firmly in our roles. So again, when I'm talking about things, I'm relating it to my submissive self. Um, you may identify with some of it as a dominant. I think that's possible. You may not, you may be submissive, also have anxiety and not relate to what I'm saying. It is that individualized, which is why it's so hard when people slide into emails and they're like, Oh, I have this. Tell me what to do. Mm -hmm. I, we can't. No. We cannot. We're not even going to try. Okay. But we will share our experience, if nothing else, to help validate somebody else's experience. Um, while I have been officially, air quote around all that, diagnosed with mental illness, I don't think you have to automatically be diagnosed. Some people don't have access to a therapist or a doctor who can go, yeah, that's the thing that you have. Um, sometimes, I guess, you know, our understanding of who we are and how we move through the world shifts and changes. And so there are times I think I'm, I'm in a depressive low and actually it's peak anxiety. So <laughs> it's all very um, unique to us. Okay. Mm -hmm. So um, I know what some of my, so sometimes there are triggers for my mental illnesses, especially anxiety. Um, bipolar disorder, it's cyclical, but I have not, like I could tell you a laundry list of things that will trigger, and I mean that in the legit sense trigger, trigger my anxiety um, and set me off. I can, there's so many things, there's too many things. My bipolar disorder, I, I can't, and I don't, and I probably could go, you know, keep seeing my therapist and maybe figure that out, but I've not been that worried about it. I can tell <laughs> when I when I hit a manic high, whoo, all cylinders are firing. Oh, yeah. I am filled with ideas. Let's do this. I've got five to-do lists. Life is good. I can do it all, and I do it all. I work, and I'm the, quote, let's put air quotes around this word, perfect. And I'm trying to submissive. go to sleep at the end of the day and she's firing at all cylinders. <laughs> I know. And I do have the ability to recognize that I cannot stay up 
<laughs> just because my brain is like, you know, you could get so much done. It's two o'clock in the morning. Everybody's mm-hmm. fine. There's a other. There's enough of other parts of me going. You will be a zombie if you do that. This is not good yeah. for you. Don't do that. Um, I'm fortunate to have that level of bipolar disorder. Some people don't have that luxury. They don't have that ability to to stop themselves. I do. So. Um, m- that side of a bipolar disorder is kind of great because I can do it all. I'm a multitasking fucking goddess at that point. Oh, you need a cup of coffee and you need me to make this to-do list and you need me to make this phone call because I am the perfect submissive right now because I can do it all. And it feels so good. And I know it feels so good because I don't have the dangerous kind of mania where I'm like literally up for, you know, 72 hours and, and mm-hmm. not eating, not sleeping, not, no. I'm, I'm a, a different, I function differently. So it feels really good. It is the reason that the couple of times my therapist asked if I was interested in medication for my bipolar disorder, I went, no, I like the high, the high feels really good. I mean, <laughs> I really, I really enjoy this. Uh, I feel mm-hmm. really productive. I feel really good. I feel like I'm, I'm functioning at peak Kalaness, whatever that mm. is. I am the best at it. Now, I have since learned that one, that's a false sense of reality, and it is temporary. And do not make promises in your manic state that your depressive ass can't keep. Okay, so I have learned that the hard way. Mm. I have pulled back a lot. You know, some of uh, this podcast was born out of a manic period. Um, the Smut Lancer website and podcast was born out of a manic period. Um, many of the business ideas I have come from manic periods yeah. um, because I feel like I can do it all. I can, I am, I am on fire and it is amazing. Um, but what happens is I'll get a manic period of a couple of days, sometimes as long mm-hmm, as a week. Mm-hmm. That's the best week ever. And then the depressive low comes in and it for me it's very subtle it starts with just being exhausted which makes sense i've been literally firing on all cylinders for anywhere from two days to a week not really sleeping well because my brain won't shut down and not in the negative way that anxiety won't let my brain shut down Mm -hmm. and um (laughs) so now i start the downhill slide and i'm tired and that's for me usually the first thing so once i'm tired i'm low energy right so then it's difficult to remember my tasks as a submissive. It's difficult to have the energy to do all those things I just promised a few days ago. <laughs> all these to-do lists, all these plans. I'm going to do all of these things. No, I'm not. Now I need a nap. Um, the depressive low for me is a little bit different every time, ever since my diet has changed and gone back to a much more high-carb sort of life. Um, I have noticed that the depressive lows last longer and go a little bit lower. I Mm. am fortunate that my experience with depression is very much a, it saps all strength and energy from me, not some of the more sort of dangerous, you know, not great parts of depression. I, I don't experience that. I literally just feel like there's a weight on my body and I cannot move. And so every movement I make takes all of my effort. Um, this is where I will say as a submissive and it's not, it's never directed at anybody, 
But either I'm really apathetic and I just don't care. You want me to do what? I'm supposed to do this. We were supposed to have a scene. I don't, I don't care. I don't care because it mm-hmm. takes too much energy to care. And I clearly, my brain is like, we are here to conserve power. <laughs> you just don't get to care about anything. Um, it can make it very difficult to do anything that I'm asked. But mm-hmm. also what I have sometimes found is that then I feel resentment that I have to do the things I said I was going to do. Make your coffee, remember the coffee pot, get the bed ready. Because even the act of remembering that I'm supposed to do it is exhausting. It, I mean, it's just because even yeah. thinking is exhausting. And here's the thing, I uh, will still try to work through this. Um, I get a whole hell of a lot less done because I'm moving in slow motion. I think that might be the best way to describe how it feels to me. It's like I'm moving in slow motion, but I'm pushing against the weight of my own mind the whole time. And if you don't believe in a mind-body connection, I'm gonna say you've never had anything in your head affect your body before. Like you just, maybe you're not paying attention because truly it's all in my mind and yet my body slows down. I move slower. Um, Every movement is an effort. I know I need to take a shower, but oh my God, that sounds so exhausting. I know I need to even read a book. Legit, staring at words and comprehending words, even though I know reading relaxes me and keeps me on an even keel, Mm -hmm. which is what I need as both just a human in the world and a submissive who wants to do a lot of fucking things in life. It's, It's too much. What I find myself doing, this is not helpful, is I mindlessly scroll through, so I do very passive things. Mm, mm-hmm. I look to see who's yelling at who on Twitter. Yeah. I might watch videos as long as they're fluffy. If it's not gonna be on a serious topic, I can't handle serious topics. That takes too much brain power. So I, in a depressive low, when I am out of it, like I'm out of it now and I'm looking back to like last weekend and the few days before that, mm-hmm. looking back, I feel like a bad submissive in the middle of it. I don't care. So I have had some people ask me, well, how do you keep doing the things you're supposed to do when you're in that low? Well, part of it is I'm fortunate. Is that the word to use? I'm fortunate that it's not so bad that I literally sleep 18 hours. I That rarely happens. Every once in a while, I've had yeah. a couple times I've had a low like that. Um, but I... Probably for the same reasons I have anxiety, which we'll get to in a minute. Um, <laughs> I have a very strong sense of not not responsibility in that high-minded, I'm a very ethical um, person who does what she's... No, 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 no. I mean, I have a, memories and experiences where the, quote, worst thing you can do is not do what you said you would do. Um, mm. That is not the worst thing that you can do in life. Let's be real, <laughs> especially when you're dealing with mental illness. But that internal drive that was forced into me as a kid, that's still at work. So it benefits me because I never fully stop. Right. But it also, sometimes I think it prolongs the low because I'm just... I, I never get that moment to just go, okay, this, well, not never. I rarely get that moment to go, you know what I'm just going to do? I'm going to lay here for 12, 18 hours. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to do anything. I'm going to give myself the freedom to just be in this place and do what little bit I absolutely have to do to function that I'm capable of doing, 
but I'm not going to put extra pressure on myself. Mm -mm. I work through depression. I'm fortunate enough to be able to do that. It's not my best work. It's not where I make my best decisions. So if the manic highs are making all the business decisions, a depressive low will be where I will kill everything. But even, even with that, when you're, when you're in your manic phase, um, yeah, you come up with a shit ton of ideas and things. And there is not enough hours in the day. There is not enough manpower to do all those things. Oh, yeah, 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 for sure. Never. So my way of managing that is when when you're in that that aspect, I walk around notebook. <laughs> Thank God you're taking and, notes. And I scribble. And I, I write down. And, and this has worked out for us in the past with this because then later when you're more at a, a median point, mm-hmm. you sit down, okay, this is a list of things we have. What appears to be sustainable? Yeah, that has actually helped from since finally, I had thought I had bipolar disorder from a very young age. Um, it seems to, we think, maybe run in our family, at least on my mom's side. Um, when I was describing the symptoms to her, she's like, you're talking about your grandmother. I'm like, no, actually, I'm talking about me. She's like, no, 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 talking about your grandma. Um, so we think she might have, but you can't possibly know. And there's no been no diagnosis and she's no longer living. So we'll never know. Uh, that's our theory. But what I have learned since something about getting the diagnosis and being able to say, no, 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 this is bipolar disorder. Cause what I did for years was, oh, I'm just moody. Or, mm, yes. or I did yes. the self-talk of I'm so productive here. And then I'm a lazy shit the rest of my life. Clearly something is wrong with me. No, it was in recognizing that this is a manakai and this is a depressive low and they're, opposite but equal and they're reflections of one another mm-hmm. the worse the mania in my experience the worse the depression so what i finally learned as a coping mechanism because you know my ideas are business content let's be kayla lords on the internet ideas another person's ideas might be something else it might be all the home projects they want to do it might be all the places they want to travel it might be all the kinks they want to start like I, it's it's not, I don't think it's a, oh, it's a business idea thing. I think it's just ideas. If that's how somebody's mania presents, what I learned, and it was only after I was like, I've got a diagnosis. This is a real thing. Okay, let's understand it. Because that for me was important. I wanted to understand mm-hmm. how this worked for me. I was able to sense when I was in a manic state and because it felt so fucking good. It's my high. I fucking love it. But I thankfully had enough clarity of mind to go, okay, you can have these ideas and we should write these down. Mm -hmm. But if you can't come up one with a plan to execute the idea and two, find out where it fits, you don't get to move forward with this. Because that is what I've done to myself my whole life is have a million ideas, try to implement them all because this comes from my anxiety and perfectionism fun times there, where if I have an idea and I say I'm going to do something, mm-hmm. then I have to do it come hell or high water, even if it's killing me. Yeah. And that's not sustainable as a human being, but in a DS relationship where regardless of your role, you've taken on the responsibility of a very specific role in your relationship you can't act on every single idea you have, especially when it's not exactly a well thought out idea that you 
examine when you have clarity of mind either. <laughs> you know, like cheerful manic me thinks everything's a great idea, let's do it. Even when I'm not in a low or anxious and I'm just like existing, mm-hmm. right? Like right now I'm just sort of, I'm existing and it feels so much better than the depression and anxiety I just came out of that it feels pretty good. Yeah, Like I have to be able to function in that space. And so then the idea has to make sense when I'm where I'm at right now. Um, now I'm curious because you've got the the system down for what you do when I'm I'm just spitting ideas out left and mm-hmm. right. How do you feel and what is the um, the way you cope or the way you react when I'm in a depressive state? Like how does how, let's start with how does that make you feel? Because it makes me feel worthless and stupid and I hate my life and what am I doing? But also I don't care. <laughs> like well, that's how I, I feel. I think what that side of it does when when you're in that depressive low what what that kind of does for me it makes me feel helpless Mm -hmm. because when when you're in your manic stage you are functioning yeah you're 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 firing fast i'm moving real quick but you're you're functioning when you hit that low i feel helpless because there is nothing that i can do Mm -hmm. for you Mm -hmm. and you know, be, because I'm also a recovering fixer. Same. You know, there there are times I want to. Um, you know, I, I wish I could could fix this for you. I wish I, you know something I can do, and and there really isn't, unfortunately, and and it's kind of hard, and I I have gotten to a place with that where I. Um, kind of look out for you kind you of like do a, a lot for me during that kind, time. kind of like a, a, a little bit of a sideline observer mm-hmm. you know to make sure that you're taking care of yourself that you know and and that you you used to do that so you know I I, I do I kind of sometimes I wonder if I hover too much in those moments but, you know, I, I do try to kind of keep an eye on you and make sure that you have everything you need. You know, I'm, I'm a little more indulgent with the treats. Yes. <laughs> During that, do you need a, you need a uh, Diet Coke, baby girl? Do you, you know, is there anything I can get for you? So, you know, yeah, I, I, I do tend to get a little overindulgent in those moments. Yeah, and it's funny because... The worst part is looking back, I absolutely recognize it. Um, But at the time, I care and I don't care. So Mm -hmm. the ingrained politeness in me is very appreciative because that was very kind of you. And if it's, if I'm coming out of it or if it's a, it's a decent moment, I have my baby girl reaction. There's very, there's a lot of excitement. Um, Then there are times that you, did this a, a couple of times where you were like, I can get you something. No, it's fine. No, you'll have to go to your, I don't do it. And I'm like, I'm, you, 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 I, you, you push back on it. Yes. I, I do. Because at that point, the effort to think about it is too exhausting. And I'm yeah. using every ounce of stamina and energy I have to just maintain whatever it is we're trying to do in a given day. Well, you did that to me last week because I was like, you know, okay, I'm going to go to Dunkin' Donuts. I'm going to get me a coffee. Mm-hmm. Do you want anything? Mm-hmm. 
then I know you didn't want anything from Duncan because there's nothing there that you can really drink. And I was like, I'll, I will go get you something. And you're like, no, no, I don't know. Yeah. And here's where it, we can kind of move into the other side of my, my personal mental illness. And that's anxiety because mm -hmm. anxiety and depression for me will often overlap. I do not know <laughs> which one starts the other. Um, or if they just sort of pop up at the same time, or if the things that I'm dealing with while I'm depressed trigger anxiety, because my theory is, I don't know this for a fact, but my based on lots of conversations I had with my therapist before we moved, I think that my bipolar disorder is definitely a brain chemistry thing. I think that's why he's like, you know, if you ever want to, we can yeah discuss medication i don't have a problem with medication i just really like how i feel in a in a high <laughs> i don't want to give that up <laughs> um i did say that if my manic highs ever like really disrupted life or either side of that put me or the people i love in danger then yes mm -hmm. i would i would certainly consider medica medication um anxiety though <laughs> We've spent a lot of time, my therapist and I, when I was going regularly, talking about how I feel about things. And, and he, he would throw out words like, you're a perfectionist, aren't you? Yes, yes, mm -hmm. I am. And mm -hmm. we uh, would talk about the expectations and where my fears and worries come from. And so I think, and I don't think, I don't know if I'm using the right term. I'll let anybody with a psycho, psychology, therapy, medical health background say the right word but i think my anxiety is more environmental less brain chemistry mm -hmm. um they both suck equally yeah. they just do this one is not better or worse than the other they both suck but so my anxiety can be literally triggered by memories by experiences that feel similar by really high expectations that nobody has placed on me but myself oh also my childhood but i'm grown ass woman and I'm still reacting to things like I did when I was 10. Um, and so what tends to happen is somewhere off of the back of a, the depression in my bipolar disorder, here comes anxiety. Anxiety's like, hi, you know what? You're not good enough. Hi, you're not gonna get that done. Hi, you that the overwhelmed feeling because you're exhausted because all you can do is lay on the couch because every movement feels like you're pushing against gale force winds. Yeah, yeah, that shows how much you suck. And so my anxiety tends to be my mean girl voice in my head. It's not just that. Mm -hmm. It comes out in so many different ways. Um, both depression and anxiety can uh, make a person irritable. And, and one of the ways of expressing either can be anger or irritability. Uh, that For me, that's mostly anxiety, sometimes depression, but mostly anxiety. Um, it is where my mind just does not stop spinning in a negative way. So manic high, I'm just filled with ideas. There's so many things I want to do. Let's write all this down. Let's start planning life. Life's going to be great. Anxiety is, oh my God, did you really say that thing like that? Oh my God, you know, you, you misspoke. You said that thing wrong and people are going to be mad at you. Oh my God. Why, why are you, why are you talking about those topics on your podcast? Mm -hmm. Who the fuck cares? Nobody's going to care what you, th that's anxiety. And that, <laughs> increases has been increasing a lot lately <laughs> a lot a lot um i know part of it is because when i do new things my perfection aside is terrified of screwing it up but of course you're going to screw up and make mistakes because that is the human condition 
But my perfectionist side says, you know, if you're just good enough, you you don't have to go through yeah. that. You can protect yourself from that. Um, but here's here's the really annoying thing, especially as a submissive with anxiety. The higher my anxiety, the more I fuck up. <laughs> so even as my perfectionist side yeah. is like, no, do everything perfect. Here's a hundred point checklist before you can do anything. Mm-hmm. Um, that is when I screw up. So you want to know how I know about peak anxiety? I forget to set the coffee pot twice in a week. I yeah. forgot that. Here's how I know depression is playing a role. So when it's just anxiety, I I absolutely berate myself. I beat myself up. I'm like, I suck. I'm awful. I'm the worst submissive ever. But when depression gets me, I get about 30 seconds of, oh my God, I can't believe I did that. And then the, the rest of the time is, of course I did that. I suck. Yeah. And then the, the apathy kicks in. Um, my anxiety is very much a weird nervous energy. So mm. manic state for me is is very focused, very pointed moves. I'm not moving overly fast. I can speak faster. Turn your manic manic high. If you're ever curious, uh, did if you listen to something and you're like, did I accidentally bump up the speed on this? And you didn't? That might be me. Hi. Mm-hmm. Um, anxiety, it's my thoughts that spin. And they yeah. spin in very negative directions. It's a constant worry. It's a... It's a, what am I doing? What am I doing? What am I doing? Oh, that's where sometimes the OCD will come in because the same thought will just circle in my head. So (laughs) my anxiety is very pervasive. I really should deal with some of the things that trigger it because that would probably help. Um, (laughs) It makes me worried about everything. It makes me think I'm not good enough about everything specific to our submission, to my submission to our DS. It makes me forget things Mm-hmm. that and then I get the the chance to mentally berate myself again. So from your perspective, how well, does that feel? Let me let, let me go I want to go back a little bit be, before I answer this because Shybean asked a question of me a while back in the live stream chat in, in the live stream chat. Um, she asked, do I ever get overwhelmed with Kayla's anxiety and depression? And in the very beginning, yes, I, I did. And I think that was that, that came from a place of not understanding what was going on. Mm. Okay. Because even at that point, I, I tried to dom you out of it. Yeah, we've talked about that in the past. That don't we, work. We've talked about that in the past, and that did not work. Nope. <laughs> Excuse me. Now... Once you started seeing your therapist, I had even gone to a few mm-hmm. sessions with you. Which was nice. We, I, I have a kink-aware therapist who, mm-hmm. at this point, if I wanted to see, doesn't take my insurance anymore. We live out of area. I'd have to do it on, I'd have to do it on Skype anyway because hello, pandemic. Yeah. Um, but he, he does a cut rate for patient so i could go see him but what because he was kink aware and i said i'm a submissive in a 24 7 ds relationship he was like i'd like to meet your partner because yeah. <laughs> he wanted to make sure this was a healthy power mm-hmm. exchange mm-hmm. so so you know one one going to to a few sessions with you gave me a little more understanding plus i did a little research on my own sure so you know at that point it it 
it was not as overwhelming. It, it gave me um, a little bit better understanding of how to deal with it. Like, you know, when she is in the, de in the depressive low, I know there's nothing I can really say or do that will snap her out of it, but I, I reinforce the fact that, you know, I will tell you, baby girl, I love you. Mm-hmm. You know, and if there's anything I can do for you, let me know. Mm -hmm. The hard part is, is that, oh my God, this is what my brain does. That requires so much effort to think of mm -hmm. what you can do. I, I don't even have, yeah. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. And there is a part of me that sometimes wishes you could swoop in and fix it, but I also have enough understanding of myself now there's nothing you could do to swoop mm -hmm. in and fix it. Now, you know, also on, on the other side of that, you know, her anxiety is, is also tied to social anxiety. Oh God, yeah. Yeah. And, you know, thankfully we have, um, you know, a little bit of a uh, met in the middle, so to speak. You know, I do not try to force her to go out if mm. she's not willing. Right. Yet you do not stop me from going and doing the things I want to do either. Right. And we found the coping mechanism for that, which is as an anxious person, part, part sometimes what I need is a lot of advanced notice. Now mm -hmm. in the middle of anxiety, that means that I am going to worry about it until the moment arrives and I'm probably going to dread it. I might even resist and I might even cry. And I'm like, oh, I don't want to go do that daddy because my anxiety has built up this thing in my head. Mm -hmm. At the same time, I can't have shit sprung on me. So when there's something you do want me to do, and that's when you've always gotten the, I'm supposed to be this submissive person who just does what her daddy says, right? Mm -mm. The <laughs> most pushback you ever get from me on anything, especially kink related is, let's go do this thing tonight. Excuse me, no. Yeah. I haven't had enough yeah. time to mentally prepare and freak myself out. Thank you very much. And that does only work when I'm mostly on an even keel. Like my social anxiety is very situational it really does depending on where my head is kind of at it really only comes out when i'm gonna have to go be social and sometimes mm -hmm. i can totally handle it um but if it's a new thing i totally I, like i struggle so if we're in the middle of, of an, just an anxiety flare-up in general you no, it's not happening social anxiety is right there going mm -mm, bitch we're not going nowhere because that's scary but like right now if you were like hey next Monday, let's do this thing online with all these people you don't know and have never talked to, I would be in a better place to go, okay, you've given me advanced warning. Yes, mm. I will I will overthink this and I will build this up bigger in my head than it really is going to be. But also, I think I can do it. Last yeah. week, if you had done a thing like that, it never would happen. Right. Now, one, one thing I found that helps too, in, in many cases, me going to some of these events without her i'll come i'll come home and she'll be like well how was it what were the people like what was you know i'm, what, I'm what gathering was, intel what, what, at that what point was the atmosphere <laughs> you know and 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 if i if i say to her i'm like well you know i i really thought the energy was good the people were great good conversation this and that you know she, then that kind of plants a little bit of a seed for her to yeah. go, hmm, maybe I, you know. Yes, and the downfall is always if you tell me about a person that just from your description, I'm like, I would not vibe with them. 
Then I'm like, I don't want to go. I, that one, that one person out of fifty, I would not vibe with them. I'm not interested. Yeah. <laughs> that is that. I have to laugh at it, even though I know you get frustrated with it. <laughs> that is the both the beauty and the downfall of at least social anxiety, and maybe even generalized anxiety. I just don't notice it as much. Mm-hmm. Uh, if I get one small bit of information that reinforces and affirms the anxiety I feel. Done. That's proof. I don't need to do that. That's scary. We're not doing that. Um, Regardless of the 99 pieces of information I was given that showed that it's probably fine. But that does all depend on where my head's at at the time. Now, we've talked about this before. So y'all know, if you've been here for longer than five minutes, you know we do not... um, believe in or live a very strict stereotype of what DS is supposed to be and who I'm supposed to be as a submissive mm-hmm. and who John Brunson's supposed to be as a dominant. But there is one sort of pervasive thing that we still try to follow, which is that, you know, submissives should speak to their dominance with some level of respect. When, when does that get tossed out the window? Oh, high anxiety. Yeah. So I know I always feel bad. And here's the thing that pisses me off and really frustrates me about my own anxiety. So my anxiety makes me irritable because I'm scared. I'm terrified. Everything scares me. And it's not like the lamp scares me. It's not, you know, the paint color scares me. It's this decision I'm about to make scares me. This decision I made five minutes ago, I'm terrified I made the wrong decision. It is in high anxiety that I start thinking, holy shit, did I remember to turn off the oven last night? And I thought I was out of the anxiety thing. I literally was like, oh my God, did I turn off the oven after I cooked dinner? Of course I had. It had been like eight hours at this point because I did not sleep well last night and I was still having this thought. Um, but it's it's a constant fear. So that mm-hmm. constant fear comes out as anger and irritability and not able to speak politely to the people you want to speak politely to. Um, And then it reinforces my fear that I've done something wrong and that I'm not good enough and that I'm not perfect. And, um, you know, filling up. So it's this feedback loop that keeps the anxiety going. But from your perspective, as the one getting um, (laughs) the crankiness from me mm-hmm. how's, how's that make you feel mm, well i i think i have to i i have learned i should say i have learned that i need to look at it in context of the moment because i've found when you get that way I have to, before I even say or do anything, I have to look at you and, okay, where is she coming from with this? Mm-hmm. All right. And, and even if I know, you know, that, that you're, you're flaring in one way or the other with your anxiety, I will probably say, you know, baby girl, you need to think about the way you're saying what you just said. Believe me, I have. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, you know, if it's in, in, in any other time, you know, yeah, there's going to be punishment. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. Because one, one of the things I, I have told her 
early, early on in, in our relationship, she can say anything she wants to me as long as it's said with respect. And, and the same is true in reverse. In reverse, right. Mm-hmm. So, you know, yeah, when you, get, when you get snarky like that sometimes, you know, and the eyebrow will go up and... I know, and then I'll, I'll push back. It's pure baby girl pushback. Yes. It's like, but daddy, it's fine. <laughs> yeah. Which is a completely different vibe than high anxiety. I'm freaking out about everything. My mind cannot stop spinning of all the things I have to worry about, which I don't. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't have to worry about them, but mm, tell my head that. Um, can you, how, how do you know the difference? How have you figured that out? How have I figured that out? Um, <clears throat> not easily. <laughs> trial and error. <laughs> so much trial and error. Not not easily. Um, it's 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 difficult to say. You know, no, I I have not. Um, you know, figured out a a a one hundred percent unfallible detector. No. You know, so it's, um, <sighs> I don't know. I, you know, I mean, like the, the past week or so, I, I know you have been going through your cycles. Yeah, it's been, it's been a pretty severe one. Yeah. For sure. And, and I kind of, I, I'm, I'm not going to go into the details of it, but I, I have a pretty good, Let's put it this way. In in this instance, I am not surprised by it. No, I'm not surprised Because I know of the factors leading up to this. Sure. And I know what happens to you when those certain things come into play. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay, get ready for the roller coaster know, ride. Here it comes. Brace yourself. Brace yourself for impact. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, you know, I, 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 I kind of have somewhat of an idea you know is it infallible no but i know certain things that set you off and one of those conditions was looming very very big yeah yeah, yeah. a couple weeks ago that's the thing i think my anxiety is very environmentally triggered yeah because it is outside things happening that make me go mm-hmm. oh wait here's here's how we should respond with fear with total yeah. fear <laughs> so you know i i know that you have that little bit of extra snark of late. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, as long as you don't go too far with it, which you usually don't. I mean, you 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 push back, but you don't, you know, go too far out of line with it. I try not. And again, that comes down to, it's one of those things where the same things that caused my anxiety for lack of a better word, are also the things that help me maintain myself. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. my perfectionism is the thing that tells me that what I'm doing is not good enough. And if I do a thing, it has to be perfect. Or, or what is the point? And I have gotten past yeah. a lot of that, a lot of that by doing things and just not being very good at them right from the beginning and just getting comfortable with that. Like I have, as somebody who writes and makes videos with very glitchy uh 
uh, pictures as we are today. Podcast listeners, mm-hmm. be very glad. This is pure audio for you. Um, I have got had to get comfortable with being bad at those things because eventually you'll get better at them. But there are things I there are ways that I look at the world where I'm not comfortable with it yet. And so the thing that makes me anxious, I'm not good enough, this, I will not do this well enough, I will fuck this up, is also the thing that pushes me to keep doing the things I said I would do, um, even when I'm in the middle of whatever the fuck my head is doing to me. Um, And I, Maybe that's a good thing because I think that I have found when I, wallow is not the best word, but it's the word I use to describe it for myself. I'm not saying that anybody else wallows in their own mental illness. Okay, just disclaimer, don't send me angry emails. Uh, But if I'm allowed to wallow in my anxiety, I think I would get stuck there. Mm -hmm. I think it's the same thing. It's why sometimes I have to force myself to do things that my social anxiety is screaming at me, please don't do, because it's my concern, my fear, my, I can't say my experience because I haven't let myself do this too much, is that the more I hide from a thing in order to um, try to calm my anxiety, the higher my anxiety spikes around that thing. Um, This is not a universal thing that works for me, but most of the time when I do the thing I'm scared to do anyway, I become less anxious about it over time. That only works in very specific situations, though. That works when Mm -hmm. I'm physically doing a thing. Being afraid to submit, which I don't remember ever being afraid to submit. I do remember being afraid to be bad at submitting. I got over that fear by just doing it, you know, and realizing that my worst case scenario that my brain could imagine was not what was happening 99.99% of the time. So the thing I was afraid of didn't need, didn't need to be feared. But the other things that are less easy to get through that the fear that I'll do something wrong, the fear that I'll disappoint somebody, the fear that I will like, whatever it might be, those then are pervasive. Mm-hmm. But I <coughs> don't want to wallow in it. I don't want to sit with it for mm-hmm. too long without some kind of, without forcing myself, using my own anxiety to force myself to move forward because I'm afraid then I won't be able, I'll stop being able to function at all. And I like to think that if I ever got to that point that with, Pretty sure you would like put me in front of Skype and make me talk to my therapist. Yes. I could just see you reaching out to him I, going, okay, hi, she needs an appointment. I, I've come <laughs> close a few times. I've come close a few times of late. Uh, yeah, it, this particular. And so I was in the live stream chat. A few people have said, yeah, you know, my anxiety is really high. A lot mm-hmm. of people are talking about it. I think let, let's be clear here. We're in a pandemic. Life as we know it is poof, the well, same. Well, there's, there's the pandemic. There's, you know... A lot of social unrest going on. Right. There, there's know, a lot. There's there is a lot for some for some people related directly to the pandemic, and for other reasons, you know, people you know, are losing jobs. Job people stress, are making less money. money. Yes. Yeah. Kids being home. Just the kids being home. Love my children. Love yeah. them dearly. Kind of hope they get to go back to school in August if it's safe. Oh my God! Please. <laughs> oh. So I think there's a lot of reasons for it. And it's funny to me because at the very beginning when we did the, the episode about, you know, coronavirus and DS relationships and what to do during social distancing and all that, 
I think it was in that episode I said, my anxiety's prepared me my whole life for this. Like the yeah. the pandemic <laughs> is not what freaks me out. Like my brain's like, yeah, we, we envisioned this, we can move forward. And for me, the way my anxiety interacted with there is a pandemic outside your door yeah. was to go, okay, I, there's no an unknown to be afraid of. There's very much the known and this, I can handle this. You were more yeah. anxious than I was. I, but I, I was, think yes. the ongoing upheaval for me personally, and I really think I was thinking about this yesterday. We spent two plus years of our lives focused on a very singular goal. Yes. Move, buy a house, whatever. We accomplished that goal. Great, wonderful. I'm very happy we accomplished that goal. I think two things. One, I think I had a sort of a drop from that because mm -hmm. it was this big, big thing that we had been working towards, working towards, working towards. Then we worked, we got to it and it was like, okay, what now? And then... And see, I just felt a big sense of relief. And I did too. <laughs> but I think that after that, yeah. there was a, a similar to a drop, similar to a sub or Like drop. a sub, okay. Right. Yeah. Because it was like, whoo, all, all of that pent up stuff, both good, bad, and stressful is gone. And it's the high, then, then the drop from it. But also a lot of what I've been thinking of is what now? Not related mm -hmm. to a house, believe me, but w what do we focus on now? And there's too much to focus on. Yeah. And I think that that in the middle of unrest and upheaval and pandemics and everything and the news just being the news and, and politics just being politics and all of it. And so um, I'm going back to, so to, to attempt to maybe um, end this conversation somewhere um, positive for anybody other than me. Um, I started coming out of all of this over the weekend. I started feeling mm -hmm. a little bit like it was it was moving through mud instead of concrete. Uh, the thoughts kind of calmed down in my head. And so what I've done is, and it's the same thing I tell people all the time that I tell myself when my head's in the right spot, which is there's a reason they tell you to put your own oxygen mask on first. You cannot take care of other people if you're not taking care of yourself. Many people relate that purely to submission. Fuck that, that's dominance too, okay? In any relationship, but specific to power exchange, the agreement is that you will take care of the other in the way that suits who you are and fulfills their needs. We have, we each have our own needs that need to be met and we're looking to a partner or several partners to fulfill whatever that need is. And that's part mm -hmm. of the agreement that you make. That's part of the negotiation. That's part of the, what is this power exchange gonna be? I need this, you need that. Let's figure out how to make that work together, right? So in order to, so taking care of yourself is not a submissive thing so that you can take care of your dominant. It is a person thing so you can take care of the people you care about. So for the dominants out there who go self-care, well, how can you take care of your submissive's needs if you cannot take care of your own is how I would counter that. So my big thing is um, that's the track I'm on right now. So I think it was Sunday, Sunday night, um, anxious brain was still kind of going, just had, calm down. So there was lots of thinking before I could possibly go to sleep. And it was, okay, what I have to do is focus on myself 
for a little while and not to the um to ignore you mm-hmm. but in order to sort of fill the well again so right. um i other than today because we had an early live stream um i haven't been uh waking up to an alarm i've just not set my alarm i don't need to mm-hmm. i work for my fucking self i set my own schedule and the kids are out of school who am i waking up for other than pure habit so i'm letting myself get more rest i'm um letting myself i'm making myself do the things that i know calm my mind so that is unique Mm -hmm. to everybody for me that's reading that's ignoring the fuck out of my phone and social media that's um writing out my thoughts journaling is not a cure for anything but it does calm my anxious brain because then the thoughts aren't swirling in my brain they're on Mm -hmm. a page and there's something about it for me the moment i write them down i'm just not thinking about them anymore i don't know what that is i've been that way it's why i blog because i blogged through a divorce i blogged through my sexual awakening i didn't have to dwell on thoughts once i got them out of my head it's just it's a way that works for me Mm -hmm. um and um I've been focusing, like I made dinner last night. I don't, I don't want to cook every night, just like you don't want to cook every night. Yeah. It, but I, it was a very welcome break. Thank you. <laughs> you're welcome. <laughs> um, I, I, hey, once a week I order the food, so I do my yeah. part. <laughs> yeah. But it felt nice to slow down and do that. And what I'm doing is not purposely not focusing on the things that were part of my anxiety spike. So that was freelance decisions and business decisions mm-hmm. and content decisions and future plans. Like all that was too much and too overwhelming. So I've pulled back because what I did for myself was I had a very serious middle of the night, couldn't sleep conversation with myself, which is what the fuck do you want? Like, not what do you think you are? What do you, it's not what you think you're supposed to want or what you think you're supposed to do. What the fuck do you want? And I was like, I want to feel calm. I want to be to be at peace with whatever life is bringing me, not to be happy. I think that to say, I just want to be happy. Well, you get to be happy sometimes and then sometimes you don't get to be happy. Right. I want to be at peace with what life is right now. I want to feel confidence that I know I have that I can do the things I say that I will do mm-hmm. and that we can weather whatever is coming that I don't need to worry about those. Also, I don't want to f- fucking forget to set the coffee twice in one week because that makes me feel like the shittiest submissive ever. I just, I want, I want to be who I am and not worry about who I think I'm supposed to be. Mm-hmm. That is a key element of my personal experience of anxiety. It's exhausting. Um, so... I, I have been focusing on self-care. You were kind of teasing me a little bit this week. Like, what do you mean you're not waking up with an alarm? And I was right. like, but I'm, I'm, tr- I'm trying to self-care and to get yeah. sleep. Why are you teasing and me? And yes, I, I do tease you a little do. bit. <laughs> I, my alarm is generally set for 6 a.m. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I, I do that for several reasons. Um, one, because doggo can't wait to go out in the morning like he used to and two we are in summer yes and if i have outside stuff to do i want to get out there before that hay burner gets too high in the sky because by 10 11 o'clock i want to try and be back inside where the ac is at Mm -hmm. there was a tweet that went around for a while where somebody was like 
I just, you know, talk to my partner and they don't have any mental illness and they just, when they think of stuff, they just think of stuff and let it go. What is that like? What's it like to live in your head? (laughs) (laughs) And listening to you go, I just do this. And I just said, I'm like, what, what is that like? Because on an almost weekly basis, I'm rethinking everything. Like for a while, while a routine serves me, I'm devoted to it. And then Mm -hmm. I will stay devoted to a routine because my perfectionist self says, you said you were going to do this. So you have to do this, even though it's killing you and you hate everything about it and you're resentful. And so then I go too long and then I have to burn it to the ground and rebuild from scratch, which is where I'm at right now. Um, which is frustrating, by the way. Because <laughs> I would just like to just do the things that work and yeah. just keep doing them. Um, but so to round this back to how this might apply to anybody else, <laughs> if it applies at all. Self-care is not selfish in the negative way we think of selfishness. It is an act of self-preservation to be selfish in this way, to say to yourself, self, if I don't take care of myself, I can't do any of these other things specific to the power exchange. I can't be a good submissive when Mm. I'm a puddle in the fucking bedroom who can barely function. You know, I can't, the the one thing we talked about when we were like, what are we gonna do after the move is over? And we've got like, you know, life to consider again. Then the pandemic went, ha, 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 ha. Uh, we were supposed to explore kinks and, and reconnect in our dynamic. Well, my mental illnesses make that impossible. There is no space no. in my head Mm-mm. to go, you know, why don't we try this new thing? Why don't we, you know, my anxiety is afraid of it. My depression is exhausted by it. There's just no energy. Yeah. And if, if we had had the conversation during the manic stage, holy shit, the list would have been way too long. And I'd be overwhelmed right now. It would overwhelm me. (laughs) Yes. Um, And so, yeah, I've gotta, I I gotta take care of myself. And taking care of myself does in some ways include doing the things I still want to do. There's been no part of our dynamic that I'm like, okay, this is overwhelming to me, so let's renegotiate that. Mm -hmm. But that's the other part of it if you happen to go through something like what I'm describing and you're like, well, I'm going to make changes in order to take care of myself. If part of where you're feeling any level of negative emotion is in your power exchange, it's time to have a conversation about the power exchange because whatever you're in has to suit both of you mutually. Like it can't be all one, all the other. It, if there's not, there's room, there's gotta be room for compromise and everybody's gotta get some of what they need at bare minimum. Um, there was another thought I had and it has escaped me. Mm. Um, what, how do you, I know you can usually tell when I'm retooling everything and going, okay, we've burned it to the ground because <laughs> we let it get out of hand. Now we have to build it back up. How, Oh, I remembered what I was going to say, but I'll start with this. How do you feel when you see me doing that or when we start to have conversations about that? Mm-hmm. Like, is it is it a sense of relief of, oh, good, she's kind of back to herself. We can move forward. Or is it like, what is it? Um, yeah, it, it's kind of a relief mm-hmm. um, because going back to, you know, when you're like that, I feel helpless because there's nothing I can do. So it's it's nice to to see you coming back to yourself. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, my baby girl's back. 
<laughs> yeah, that's kind of how I feel the too. The baby girl that I know and love is back. It's like returning from the worst vacation with the worst plane ride ever. It's yeah. what it's like. <laughs> so you know, I'm 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 happy to see that. Not just for me, but happy for you as well. Because I I un, I well I can't say I understand the turmoil you go through. I know this turmoil. I see the turmoil you go through. Mm-hmm. So it it's nice to see you come back, you know, to a, a, a level playing field, so to speak. Oh, I, <laughs> I didn't want to interrupt. I'm trying right. to do better about that. Uh, the thing that um, I know, because I know people have asked, and so somebody's going to ask at some point, so let's just say it here. And then when I get the question anyway, I'll just point them back to this episode. <laughs> so the question I tend to get about this kind of stuff is, but how do you deal with this with your partner? Is whether, you know, in our situation, you don't have any mental illness at all. Uh, my therapist is like, wow, you're really mentally healthy. And I'm like, wow, what, <laughs> what is that like? Um, and, and so a lot of people ask, but how do y'all deal with it? How do you, how do you function in it and after and before and, and it it is both the simplest answer and the most complicated and that is we are constantly communicating right so right. in the middle of it if i am able to explain how i feel i do i feel this way i feel that way this is what's going on in my head um anxiety when i with anxiety i don't i don't talk to a lot of people about my personal stuff in general I, keep it kind of close to me. But when you're in my inner circle of trusted people, as John Brownstone is, you get all of it. It's a lot of word vomit. It's a lot of, I'm worried about this and here's why. And an hour goes by and I'm still not done talking yet. Um, So I'm talking about it because I have a person that I can trust to talk about it with when I'm in the middle of it, because I'm desperately trying to get clarity or to help him understand, not understand so you understand why i'm not behaving in my submissive way but mostly because of the way our relationship functions you're a great sounding board for me and i've got all these anxieties and if i could just talk them through maybe i'd stop being anxious and my anxiety mm-hmm. laughs at me because that's not really how that works for me um but we're talking about it afterwards so we will we're about to get in the car this afternoon for a couple of hour an hour and a half depending on traffic drive yeah. one way and back we will talk about all kinds of things, but there will undoubtedly come a point when we're talking about this thing that happened and that thing that happened and how right. how could we handle this better? And we are constantly communicating. Now, some people's power exchange has a very formal system of communication and that's fine. We don't, that would not work for us at this point, but so you have to do whatever works for you within the confines of your current relationship. But if part of what you and or your partner deal with is mental illness, there has to be room to talk about that, especially when, not if, when your mental illness impacts your power exchange. Even if the impact is, I can't do this right now, we, I, like, we're not gonna see, we're not gonna do this, we, whatever. There has to be a conversation about it because the only way for your partner to bare minimum wrap their head around the fact that there are times you cannot function at the, the way you typically do is to talk about it. Now, if that, I'm not saying that you find that person online, you have your first, hopefully online session. Hey y'all, we're in a pandemic. Um, 
and you spill your guts, that's a personal choice. It's not one I would make. I need to develop a deeper connection than that. Mm-hmm. That's how I'm wired. But if you are in a long-term or you're trying to be in a long-term power exchange, the last thing you need to do is to try and hide your your mental illness and any mental health concerns you have. Because here's the thing, your brain will try to convince you you can fake it through and they won't know. They might not know that it is anxiety or depression or whatever. They will absolutely know you're not yourself. Mm -hmm. And from a power exchange perspective, we agree to do certain things in our relationships. That's how this is structured, right? And if your mental illness is preventing you from doing the thing, if you're not communicating with your partner about what that's about and why that is and what you need and what's working and what's not working and, you know, whatever, whatever, then all they're thinking about you is that you're irresponsible and that you don't care and that you're not committed to this relationship. They're not, I mean, Unless somebody has a very keen understanding of mental illness, the first thought most people have is not, oh, well, this is clearly perfectionism getting the best of her and her anxiety is really high and what she probably needs it. Like that's not, the average person is not thinking about that kind of stuff unless they're trained to think about that kind of stuff or unless Mm -hmm. you've been just, they've lived with you long enough and you've had enough conversations. I know it is difficult and scary to talk about mental illness. And I don't advocate, as somebody who like puts my thoughts and opinions on the internet, I absolutely make the conscious decision to talk about it, to normalize it, to validate it, to so people knew they were not alone. Are there people who come across me, hear me talk about it and go, ooh, that's a crazy bitch. And they turn on, <laughs> they go another direction, sure. They're not my people, they're not, we're not vibing. That's right, not, right. there's not a connection. So you are absolutely, if you have not already, going to have experiences where people reject you because of it, or people try and invalidate mm-hmm. your experience, or people, you know, of course that happens. So not everybody should have the privilege of knowing all of that about you, unless you're kind of like me and you're like, this is who the fuck I am and you're gonna take it or leave it. But in those sort of sacred relationships where the whole thing is built on a foundation of trust. I don't care if your power exchange is situational and temporary. There is a level of trust that that person is going to do what they said they were going to do and you there's a trust from them that you were gonna do what you said you were gonna do. That is a, that is a bond that is being built, yeah. okay? In those situations, if those are not the people you can talk to about your mental illness and what's actually going on with you, my view of it is I would start wondering if they should also be people that, like, what are you doing with them, right? They need to, at the very minimum, know, I know we normally do this this way, but there's a thing going on with me and I'm not gonna be able to do it that way. And we're talking longer term relationships where the bond is tighter, where you've been together for a while, whether you're, where your lives are a lot more integrated with one another, those need to be fuller conversations. And, quite frankly, the person who refuses to accept it, to try to learn more, to listen, why the fuck are you trusting them with your dominance or your submission? If you can't trust them with your mental health, which I'm on a rant. I know. If you can't trust them with your mental health, why are you trusting them with your physical body and you are trusting them with your mental health when you play in a certain way, when they use certain words, when they talk to you in a certain way, when they're, you know, whatever your kinks are, like, what? 
talk to each other. You will not find immediate easy answers because you talk to each other. It just doesn't work that way. It is an ongoing thing. John Brownstone you, knows so much more about how to deal with my anxiety, my depression, my manic state than you did five years ago. Yes. But you st- it's still not a perfect thing every time. No. We still butt heads and we still kind of, I still have these moments of, mm, that's not, that's, that didn't really work. And you have those moments of, oh, I tried that and that didn't really work. Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean that the whole thing's a failure. It means we've taken in more information to learn for the next time. And now that I'm kind of back to my even keeled self, we can have more in-depth conversations about it. But if the only time you're talking about it is when you're in the middle of whatever your cycle is for your mental illness, almost nothing productive is gonna come out of that. Because yeah. at that point, it's damage control. You're mm-hmm. reacting instead of being proactive. So when things are mostly on a good place where you can have these conversations, have these conversations is what I'm saying. Yeah. I went on a rant. Yeah, you did. Na, now na, na, I have something na. I want to say. Okay. Now, I, I just want to preface this by saying I did not know what the topic was going to be today until about 15, <laughs> maybe 20 minutes beforehand. I know. I was trying to journal and you came in to talk about the topic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and um, it, it's kind of funny how things happen like this. Uh, several days ago, I was having a conversation with somebody, and um, they asked me a question. Oh, goodness. And and the question was that they were told by someone that as a dominant, they want their sub to have all aspects of their life fixed before they take them on as a sub. Yeah. So they want the impossible Yes. <laughs> yeah. And and they asked, is this normal for a dom? And before I answered, I had to laugh. <laughs> Myself. Yeah, I would almost say that's not the... I understand where that question would come from, but yeah. my my thing would be, well, I'm not going to classify anything as normal. Let's ask the question, is this right or wrong? Yeah. It's wrong. Yeah. And the reason... They asked me this is because they had seen on another Dom's profile about how he wanted them, any prospective sub, to tell them everything about what is going on with them. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, the, the initial part, I, I had to laugh a little bit to myself because, you know, none of us are, are perfect. Right. You know, we, we all have our have our things. You know, when, when I went to see see your therapist, mm-hmm. you know, he said, Well, you know, you're mentally sound. You know, well and good, but you know what? I still carry some baggage from past relationships. I still carry some some baggage from my childhood. We've had arguments that were based solely on your bad tapes. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, it... You know, I myself am not perfect. I have my own things. So, you know, reverse that. Would I have to be, would I have to have everything in my life dealt with before I took on a sub? <sighs> yeah, that's some bullshit. You know, it's, it, it's, it, it doesn't work that way. You know, my response to that person was, well, no, I would want to know everything I can. Because one, how can I be 
a, a good dominant if I don't understand everything there is to know about you. And you that know, understanding is a process. Right. The understanding is a process. <laughs> and, and, you know, also, I would want to know what's going on in your life, what, because, you know, how else can I support you? Right. You know, and, and, and do better. Now, you know, is, is there a certain aspect of, you know, you, you, I, I can support you and, and do that. And I do that because one, I, I know you want to help yourself and, and, and be as good as you can be. All right. So, you know, you, you have to be willing to, to make an effort, but I'm there to support you. Right. And, and to help you in any way I can. So, you know, like you said a little bit earlier, yes, it comes down to communication. You know, now, is, is stuff like this something you want to, you know, just roll out the first time you meet? Probably not. But, you know, as things develop and, and you develop trust, you develop some kind of relationship, you know, yeah, it's probably something to talk about. Right. And, and of course, you do it within your own boundaries. Right. So, like, my personal boundaries are really fucking thick. So, <laughs> yeah. you're not getting my whole life story the first time I come across you in real life. Clearly, if mm -hmm. you find me on the internet, you will get my life story because that's totally different. Um so it is a process. It's an ongoing process. It's a level of comfort. Somebody mentioned in the live stream chat that they don't, they find it difficult to find the words and to know how to communicate. That is also a process. So, and it's a skill that you have to be really bad at before you get really good at. And mm -hmm. you also have to find the method that works for you. Some people, like we are at a point now, I can just say what I gotta fucking say to you. Now, do I preface what I gotta say with about 25 disclosures? Like, this is gonna sound really awful, but I hope you understand where this is coming from. Also, I'm not gonna sound very submissive, but I yeah. really need to say this. Also, I don't want your feelings to be hurt. This is not a direct, like, yeah, yeah, right? Because my anxiety is telling me, uh-oh, you mm. might piss somebody off, let's, right? But we got easier with that because we've just, we've made it a point to work on it. But before yeah. I could do that, I wrote it down. Some people, mm -hmm. and I only know this because y'all yes. have told me, you will hear an episode that you're like, that, that thing I've been thinking of and I didn't know how to say it, they just said it in the episode. And then you send the episode to your partner. Also, I love that, thank you. Um, so whatever way you find of expressing it is fine. I get really fucking annoyed at this idea that somebody else expects their partner to somehow have all of their shit together before they'll even consider a conversation with them when I'll bet fucking money that person doesn't have all their shit together. Why? Because none of us do. Right. That yeah. is the nature of living is that the day you think you have your shit together, life is going to go, ha ha, motherfucker, here's your curveball. I got <laughs> yeah. something for you. And you're going to have to figure something else out. Right. Like we just... The idea, I love the idea of self-actualization. Did that mm -hmm. come from, who did that come from? Did that come from hierarchy of needs? Did that come from somebody else? Somebody who, oh, bachelors in psychology only get you so fucking far is what I'm telling you. But I love <laughs> that idea of it, but it is a lifelong process yes, of yes. learning yourself and talking about the difficult things and 
sifting through both the memories and the experiences to think about what works for you now and what you want and who you are. And nobody is going to ever have that completely perfectly figured out at any set point in life. And anybody who's like, Oh, well, if you don't have all your shit together, all they've told you is you're not, y'all aren't the right people for one another because quite frankly, the best relationships I've ever seen. And I mean, witness, not just been a part of are the people who are like, look, you, yeah, you're a little messy. There, there's some shit that we, yeah, you probably mm-hmm. don't have to work on some of that, but you know what? That's fine because there's, I'm here to, I'm here to work on it with you. I'm here to support you while you work on it. I see the core of who you are right within the mess because quite frankly our our messiness can absolutely and often is a part of our how we identify with the world and who we are but it is not all of who we are because somewhere in there there's the core of who who you are who i am and mm-hmm. that's what connects and when when you make that connection and the person goes okay your messy is not life threatening to me you're not harming people i love it's messy. And sometimes it's a little overwhelming. Yeah, but I care so deeply about who you are as a person in this innermost level that I'm I'm here for the the mess too. Not everybody is that partner for us and yeah. Even though we sometimes really want them to be. I love that person with my whole heart, but they said I was too much for them. That does not mean you were too much. That means they were not the right person for you. Because the right person for you is going to see the mess and go, challenge accepted. Here we go. Yeah. But, you know, someone that's looking for something like that, that to give that kind of expectations, it's like they're looking for a fantasy. You know? Yeah, they are. They're they're looking for a fantasy that, that is not attainable. Yeah. And they're going to they're going to be disappointed. Yeah. And you know what? Let them be disappointed yeah. on their fucking own. Mm-hmm. You know, I that I can say this from the position of being in a happy, healthy, sustainable relationship where you have embraced the messiness that is me, thank God. Um, but I remember being in those that spot before you in vanilla life, in kink life, where I was trying to twist myself into knots to be the perfect person for somebody else because they couldn't see the mess. I, I needed to hide it from them. They didn't want to deal with it. They, it was too much for them. They, bleh, bleh, bleh. And the most liberating fucking thing I've ever experienced in my life is getting to be exactly who I am. Now, does that mean I can go around and be a total jackass to John Brownstone because I'm in the throes of anxiety? No, I'm still responsible for my own actions, mm-hmm. but it means I can have anxiety and have to figure out how to live with that and I'm still loved for who I am because I am not my anxiety. My anxiety is not me. I am, I am bits and pieces of all of that. I am the the negative, and I'm the good. And I'm in that fuzzy middle where I don't know what the fuck I am, and I'm still figuring it out. And so is he. And mm-hmm. the thing I would wish for anybody is that you not settle for somebody who has whether through your own beliefs about what a relationship is supposed to be or things that they have explicitly said or some combination where you think you have to twist yourself into somebody that you were not to make this other person happy. Wait for, find, seek out the person who just goes, I embrace the mess. You are a hot fucking mess, but you're my hot fucking Mm -hmm. mess. And let's be hot fucking messes together. together. 
Um, yep. Our hot messes don't always align. Like, no. your hot messes are very much bad tapes, and it is so... And it is in ways that I don't have a lot of patience for. Yeah. And my hot mess is very much, like, just in my own head where nobody can get into and nobody can get me out of. And yet, you go, yeah, I'm here for it. Because there's more to us than our worst parts. There's also more to us than our best parts. Right. And that was another Kayla rant. Yeah. Okay, so for live stream viewers, it seems like our internet finally cleared up. Yes, it has. Um, we I don't know if this was helpful. I don't know if anybody got anything out of it. If it Mm -hmm. made you feel seen, then I'm gonna call that a job fucking well done. Um, I feel better. Good. (laughs) Well, is it every possible thing I could think to say on this topic? No. (laughs) Um, we don't have time for that. Um, but. Yeah, I think it just, we need to acknowledge that these things exist and they absolutely impact how we see ourselves in our roles and they impact our power exchange. Mm -hmm. And the reason I think that my mental illness does not have more of a direct negative impact on our power exchange is because of the communication. Because even when I fuck it up, we're still communicating. And I'm not being judged for having anxiety or having bipolar disorder or any of the other things that come out of nowhere sometimes it's a part of who i am and i have a supportive partner and i talk about it and i don't try and hide it and we work through it together in a messy and perfect way yeah so there yeah so there we go and we will do a bonus section Mm -hmm. and yeah so are we good i have no idea (laughs) (laughs) all right baby girl okay Keep it kinky, y'all, and we'll see you next week. Daddy. Yes, baby girl. Can I talk to the cricket? Yes, you may. Good, because this is where I admit that I almost forgot what to say at that part where we say it, and I almost said it backwards. Right? Right. You entertain the crickets. I need to step off for a second. I will be right back, folks. Uh, Yeah, podcast listeners wouldn't know. That's true. (laughs) Uh, um, What do I have to say in the bonus section? We're driving to Orlando when we're done recording. Um, What else? What else? Uh, I don't have a lot, y'all. I have been sort of pulling myself back up from the depths um i thought there was a thing i said i might talk about in the bonus section now i can't remember so if somebody wants to remind me in the live stream chat you go right ahead because i can't remember what that was now um no just yeah no nothing last piece of furniture we're gonna go pick that up from from the store in orlando because you can't walk in the store and the shipping was as much as the item. And I went, no, we're not spending that. Um, and I've been working because that's what I do. And Joe Brownstone's been making pretty bowls and organizing his shop. And he had a tool break on him that now we have to replace. But it's just the nature of it. And... Um... Hmm. Yeah, I don't. <laughs> I'm sorry, y'all. I got so deep 
in my head for the past couple of weeks that now I can't think of anything. And I got left at the microphone. <laughs> which he made the wild assumption that I could talk about anything for any amount of time. And normally I can. And I, nope, nope, I'm, I'm at a loss. Uh, Saki the dog. So if you have managed to join any of our YouTube hangouts, we talk about Saki the dog a lot. I think we talked about Saki the dog last week too. Um, he is still taking his pills like a champ, thank goodness, but now his appetite has decreased again and I'm back to hand feeding him, so I have to call the vet. I think, I don't know if the appetite stimulant they gave him is something that he can take on a regular basis, but maybe that's what it is. Um, so yeah, I gotta deal with that. I mean, he's a sweet doggo. Um, I have been at a loss, daddy. What? Yeah, I don't, I don't have... You, oh, I remember what I said we might talk about. What? The fact that your eye is swollen. Yeah. But we don't know what the allergen might be. It's no. an, uh, live stream viewers, I don't know how well you can actually see it on camera because the lights kind of wash everything out. And of course, podcast listeners, you would not be able to see it. No. But it's, it looks like he's been punched. He has not been punched. No. So, yeah, I, I don't know what at this point what set it, set it off. I thought it was a particular type of wood that I had been working with. Right. And, and normally it, it is. That's been the connection in the past. Yeah. And uh, I purged the shop of that wood long ago. Mm-hmm. And uh, it stayed away. It's been, it's been a while mm-hmm. since I've had this happen. And now last night at dinner is when it started. Yeah, I kind of noticed it at dinner last night. Yeah, because I, I was really kind of doing, doing this, you know, kind of all of a sudden itchy, and um, I don't know. I don't know. I know. It just looks like somebody beat in the face. Yeah. And Crow asked in the live uh, stream chat about Saki the doggo. He, Saki is 14. He will be 15 in November. Yeah. And he's a Scorpio and he's mm. totally a Scorpio. He's a Scorpio with me. He's my kind of Scorpio. He has no yeah. fucks to give. Love that. About he's him. he's doing okay. I was talking about his appetite going down. Yeah, his, his appetite has slipped back down again a little bit. But um you know, his his cough is um yeah, his cough is, has decreased Yeah, when with we, the medication. Yeah, I don't think we're going to be able to take him off the cough medicine because the cough no. medicine supplements in the middle where his heart medicine kind of calms down his cough. So, oh, we did. That was a, a new thing to negotiate. So <laughs> we bo- I do this more than you do it, but we both do it. So there's the heart medicine twice a day, mm-hmm. every 12 hours. The cough medicine is every four hours. So while we're awake, we do it every four hours. And the heart medicine has to be given on an empty stomach and the cough medicine can just be given whenever. And then of course he's not really eating. So we can't hide his medicine in his food because there's no guarantee that he'll get it. So we have to put it in treats. And it became very complicated very quickly, especially since we would be talking about it. And I would be thinking cough medicine and would say heart medicine. And you would say heart medicine and I would hear cough medicine. Mm -hmm. And last night we just had a clusterfuck of, what do you mean he hasn't had his heart medicine? And you were like, but that's what you said you gave him. I was like, no, I gave him the cough medicine. (laughs) We renegotiated the split. I do cough medicine. JB does heart medicine. Yeah. 
And that way we don't have to ask who got what, when we follow our times with mm-hmm. our medicine and it's just done. It's just done. It's just done. Yeah. Be, you know, especially since I'm up in the morning way before her. Way you know. before her. Yeah. Cause yeah. I'm the, the slacker who just lays in bed all day. That's how I internalize I, that. <laughs> yeah, I give him his heart medicine first thing in the morning when we get up. Um, so, you know, in, in some ways he's doing better. Um, I, I don't, I, I think he's just at a point in his life, he's old enough and his, his heart is, you know, is what it is and is now. And, you know, he, he's just going to be an old man. Mm-hmm. All I know is that when, when, when the worst happens, we're not going to say the words. We're not going to, we're not going to call it up. When that happens, if I don't, the, the live stream after that will just be me sitting there crying. Like, I don't think it's I know. where any of us are going to function well. Um, yeah, I, I thought I was educating myself by reading about congestive heart failure and dogs that the vet, the information the vet gave us, I did mm-hmm. not Google anything. I, I know better. Um, and I was like, I looked at the time frame and I was like, Oh my God, that's, that's not enough time. Um, so yeah, but the, what I love is the, the kids are giving him extra attention to, mm-hmm. um, we get, we get down on his level more. I mean, he's, you know, he's 10 pounds. He's a little teeny tiny thing. He's all leg, but he's little. And so we get down on his level on the floor a lot with him, which he loves. He does not understand why we're all on the floor with him now. Yeah. <laughs> we yeah. are. Um, he, um, we have a love seat here in the office that is lower to the ground. It's easier for him to jump on. And he loves this love seat. I did not realize how much he loved this love seat until we moved here. We've had it for years now, like five or six years. We've had this little couch and he will, if you're sitting on it, he will jump up and he will snuggle up next to you. And he's just, he's yeah. a happy boy. And yeah. I'm like, you just be a happy boy. We're just going to slow down a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah, he's only at this yeah. point, he's only eating out of my hand. And I worried. I was like, okay, am I training him to do this? So, you know, maybe if he gets hungry enough and he is a stubborn old coot. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> he's a Scorpio. I totally get it. Um, so he will, he, he will just not eat. And the, and he's, I'm like, he's too little. He's got a heart condition. We're trying to get him to gain weight. If I have to fucking hand feed this dog for the rest of his life, then guess what? We just hand feed the dog, which is actually a really relaxing time. Like I'm just sitting on the kitchen floor and bite by bite. I'm hand and he's, he's got a really sweet, gentle mouth. So he's not like chomping or, you know, he's not real, he's not aggressive with his food at all. And so he'll give me little kisses in between like okay this is kind of zen like i could i don't want to have to do this because Mm -hmm. i want him to get enough and but also i could do this so yeah somebody was asking about uh, in the in the lives chat about antihistamine oh for your uh, eye yeah yeah, and and last night when it started acting up i i still have some claritin yeah and uh i took some of that last night and I, I think it actually is helping because mm-hmm. the itching has gone away. Yeah, and we've talked about it. So our insurance, I think most insurances yeah. at this point offer pretty good telemedicine. But our insurance before, well before current state of affairs was really, really pushing telemedicine. And I think it's really 
really inexpensive or they're not charging they're not applying it to your deductible right now something and so we could and we can set that all up through the app which i love that too yep so because we know what you need all you have to do is go allergic reaction i'm allergic to everything in the atmosphere come spring and summer and they'll call you in a prescription that way we don't have to go to the doctor right which really right now we do urgent care because we still don't have a general no doctor well we're planning on doing all that this beginning of the year and then the whole world went to hell in a handbasket, and we we didn't. But I have yeah. to get a, a gynecologist because the IUD has yeah. to be replaced in October. Because yeah. no. this baby making machine has closed yeah. down. And Crow asked if I've ever had that happen before, and yeah, I I have in the past. It's happened several times. Um, this is actually fairly mild compared to the first time it happened. Oh God, yeah. I mean, yeah. your whole eye was my, just my whole eye swelled shut completely. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I kind of worked on identifying what was doing it, what mm-hmm. was causing it, and and limited my, you know, kind of thought I had it narrowed down to what it was. And it it's actually been a while since this has happened. Yeah, the last time it happened, I think we ended up taking a couple weeks off from recording. Yeah. Like we could record the podcast, but we didn't live stream or do videos because right. it was like. Mm-hmm. So. Oh, Flash! I I went a number of years ago. Um, I went through allergy testing. Um, I'm pretty much allergic to everything except food. <laughs> You're allergic to the outside. <laughs> yeah. Um, the the worst time of the year for me period is uh spring when the oak trees and pine trees here mm-hmm. are in bloom um i i pretty much live in a bubble and and eating claritin <laughs> that yeah. time of the year um so you know um yeah no i definitely i i even went i the 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 doctor at the time kind of laughed because I was one of the few people that actually made it through the entire five years of uh, allergy shots. You were committed. Yeah. And you're you're really reliable like that. Like I could totally see you being like, well, I have these appointments for five years. Of course I have to go. As, as much as I hated needles. I know. Um, I, I stuck through it for five years. Mm-hmm. Well, what I what I find hilarious is, yes, you are basically allergic to the outside, and yet for 15 years you owned a lawn business where you were forced to work in the well, outdoors. Well, that's, <laughs> that's, that's, uh, that's what didn't help me mm-hmm. um, because at that time, you know, it's like, you know, I, I did not wear all those years mowing grass. I never wore a mask. mask. Yeah. You know. Mm, young and stupid, young and stupid. Yeah. I think we'll, we're invincible. I right? know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, it's, uh, yeah. it is what it is. I, I deal with it, you know. Yeah. This, currently, this one seems a lot better. The last reaction you had, you had a rash that spread to your neck, neck and your yeah. shoulder. That was a really bad mm-hmm. one. So mm-hmm. this one just, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm no stranger to allergies. I've pretty much dealt with them all my life. And, mm-hmm. And now you have a cool eye patch, so yeah. you know you can play pirate whenever you want. Arr. I mean, I'm not into role play; like, <laughs> I'm actively repulsed by role play. But you know, it's fine. It's fine. Yeah. You, you could play pirate with yourself. Yeah. It's and fine. you know, somebody mentioned it possibly could have been from playing with sushi. The cat. Well, that yeah. is true that, because that, you do have a cat allergy. Yes. And yes, we are still seriously going to get a cat. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So. 
Which you know, maybe it, what you need is a prescription level allergy something. Yeah, it's possible. And, uh, you know, yeah, it's possible. I mean, this started yesterday, and I hadn't actually seen sushi since Friday. Yeah, hey, I haven't seen her. So, Mm-mm. you know, it you know it, it is what it is. I mean, that's why, you know, that was one of the reasons why with the, with the pet dander, that was why we got the Roomba. Yeah. You know, to, to kind of help things keep picked up in, in between regular cleanings. Um, you know, I, I just, I, I deal. I'm, you know, it's not my first time at the rodeo with allergies and it is what it is. So. So. Yeah. Yeah. Other than that, I mean, me, I've just been doing stuff and, um, you know, slowly getting everything set back up in the shop. Uh, yesterday I did spend a good portion of the day making weapons of ass destruction. I saw you, I saw you had some in your hand. I guess you were taking them to go buff and sand and whatever else it yep. is you do. Well, they're, yeah. they're all, they're cut, sanded, and, uh, I actually put the, uh, pre-stain on them and oh, put the stain, stain okay. on them. And now I just need, and then the other ones I need to glue up. Those are the ping pong paddles. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, uh, I, I cut the handle, I cut the paddle cut the handles now I just need to glue them up I went to actually do that yesterday uh, got my glue out and went to pour it and it just came out like a soft liquid and was like oh I guess it's time to get some new glue yeah yeah <laughs> so hmm. yeah I gotta get some new wood glue and uh, you know hmm, is what it is yeah. so yeah we're, uh, mm-hmm. we're boring <laughs> yeah we're boring we're mm-hmm. we're living our our best uh woodworking freelance writing life i guess yeah. mm-hmm. that's about it yeah. um yeah i got a little bit of work to do and then we'll head to orlando mm-hmm. to go pick up our new piece of furniture yes and then we'll unpack the last three boxes yeah three boxes yeah three boxes yeah actually there's still a couple boxes in the bedroom Shh, i'm trying not to think of those well only one of them has your has some of your stuff in it the other two are mine and uh I, I I I will admit I've been putting them off. I, you know there there are little bits and pieces in every room that we've just been putting off, and I'm hoping that knock on wood my head stays clear because this weekend like I'd really like to get it organized because <sighs> yeah it's uh, yeah, you know I mean the, there's one box left in the living room uh, which is mainly the pictures. I know I'm dreading that. Yeah, um, it's not tedious really, work. Well, it's tedious work, and um, you know, now that we finally have everything where it's going to live, now we can, you know, we can do it slowly. Yeah, we can do it slowly. Yeah, and we've got we we are going to replace some ceiling fans. Yeah, and we've got some more. Is it outlet covers or is it switches that we need to replace? Uh both. We have to call an electrician. Yes. And yeah, home ownership, yay! Um, yeah, you know yeah. when when we got when we got the new refrigerator, I kept the old one because my intention is to put it in the garage, plug it in, plug it up and plug it in there, and use that to keep my finishes and and stuff so that it does because the heat down here is and to have a coffee stash in the garage. We all know. We all know. You're gonna have so many drinks in that damn Discovered my hidden agenda. So um, anyway, what what ended up happening? Yeah, the um, the um, 
refrigerator is out in the garage after we got everything cleared out of there I uh, moved the refrigerator over to the wall where I wanted to plug it in I plugged it in and poof it it tripped the circuit <laughs> and uh, nothing I could do could could persuade it from tripping the circuit so there's there's definitely something going on that we need to have looked at. And we have a wonky outlet in the living room. Yes. And our dishwasher does not seem to be working yeah. correctly. Well, I, I still haven't deep dived into Yeah, but we have that. to call the electrician. I know. And since based on the troubleshooting we did, it's potentially an electrical issue. While the electrician is out working, looking at the other two things, they could take a look at that thing. If it's not that thing, then we call the next person. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. We have a plan. We just have to execute the plan. Yeah. But. Yeah. We but, are, you know, I mean, I look at it this way, too. In a sense, the dishwasher is working. The 14-year-old's doing a great job. <laughs> That's true. That's true. We have a great dishwasher. Well, sometimes have to rewash spoons, so well, maybe not. You know, but, yeah. yeah, it's, you know. <laughs> he's learning valuable skills. He knows how to do his laundry, too. Whoever his partner in life ends up being, um, they need to thank me. Because, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. yeah. He can, he want. it's funny, he wants to learn how to cook, but I, he, he won't take any initiative with it to like tell me what he wants. Because no. I've said, find a thing you want to, I don't care if it's a cake, I don't care if it's a lasagna, I don't, like, I don't care. What do you want to learn how to cook? Tell me, we'll make sure we have, get the ingredients. I, mm -hmm. I'll show you. I have no problem showing you. Now that would, that would require a little bit of work, he, effort. He's not, no, no he's not no. bored enough yet. So that's the next sort of life skill. But he does know how to use a microwave and a toaster, so he will yeah. never go hungry. Mm -hmm. And also the Postmates app. He knows how to use the <laughs> yeah, Postmates right? app. Never going to go hungry. I know. So, you know, when the time comes, push him out into the out of the nest like a little fledgling, and he'll be fine. Yeah. Yeah. We should go. Yeah. Yeah. We, we have stuff to do. I know. It's sort of sad that we have to go mm -hmm. right as the internet connection on the live stream has gotten better, yeah. I know. I know. I don't know what that was about. Mm -mm. Um, but yeah, so that's us, and yeah. um, we are, we are, uh, yeah. Yeah. I don't know, y'all. I don't know. Um, that's all I got. Mm-hmm. We'll talk to y'all if you. We are still doing our Friday night hangout, so if you yes um can and want to, um, you can join us there. I do the link. The live stream is not available after the hangout because we don't actually. We just. We just bullshit. It's like it's like a munch. I mean, it's like a munch mm. is what we're doing. Um, but if you subscribe to our newsletter, um, you get the link, direct link to that to watch it ahead of time. And I'm I'm um, right right here in front of all these people. I'm giving you a task. Oh Lord, I'll forget. You remind me to wear my kilt for Friday night. Okay, if you want to sweat your balls off, you go right on ahead. Um, but it's 9:30 p.m. Eastern on YouTube yeah. on Fridays. But if we don't see it then. Um, then we will catch you next week. Mm -hmm. Bye, y'all. Bye.